Good morning. You're tuned into KBBI Homer AM 890 and on translator K201AO 88.1 FM Seward, live from the Gary Thomas studio. You're tuned into the coffee table. I'm Josh Crone. I'll be your host this morning. And with me on the coffee table this morning, I have guests from Homer Pride. I have uh, Jarena Reed and Winter Marshall Allen. And I'd like you to both uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves because uh, you will do a much more eloquent job than I will. Uh, Jarena, go ahead and go first. Thanks, Josh. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Jarena Reed, and I am a member of the Homer Prides organization. We are a vibrant, inclusive community organization composed of families, friends, neighbors, business owners, civic leaders, students, and more. And Winter? Hello, my name is Winter Marshall Allen. I am also a member of Homer Pride. And I am the owner and co-founder of the Homer Organization for More Equitable Relations, homerorgforequity.com. And I also want to take the time to just um, do a land, a short little land acknowledgement here, um, because that would be culturally sound for me. And I also want to make sure that my introduction is a little bit more traditional. My mother is Virginia Ontiveros, and my dad is Victor Little Bear Marshall. And I am of the Ojibwe tribe. And I would like to just recognize the fact that I live, work, and play on the tribal jurisdiction of the Nanilchik tribe. The ancient place presently known as Homer, Alaska, was originally stewarded by the Supiak and Dini Aina people, people who are still here today. I am grateful for the ongoing indigenous stewardship of this land that informs my own deeper connection with it, its animals and its people, but also to recognize the lands of all of North America have suffered from colonism. It is the expression of gratitude and appreciation to acknowledge that these territories on which we reside and which we must continue in correcting the stories and practices of indigenous people and history that colonization has worked to erase. You can find the native land that you stand on on native-land.ca backslash. And I hope you take the time to learn where you're from. Thank you, Winter. Uh, that was uh, that was very inclusive. I, I don't think I've actually heard a, uh, an introduction uh, that included quite all of that information. We've got some boilerplate stuff uh, that we tend to, to drop in from time to time, but I, it's very appropriate to, to mention that. So thank you for bringing in all of those details. Um, so we are here to talk about uh, specifically about Homer Pride uh, Pride Month and uh, more. And uh, let's just go ahead and jump right into the conversation. So uh, which one of you would you like to, to go first to introduce uh, first the organization, and then let's talk about the, uh, the the events that are upcoming. So we'll let Jarena start with the organization, and then I would like to tie in to the events and how our organization has chosen to represent those events throughout the month of June, which actually has multiple representations, not just Pride. It also represents Juneteenth and the... Um, the slaves in, in Galveston who didn't know that they were free for almost three years and how we celebrate that and the intersectionality of where freedom really comes from and how it's celebrated through pride. Great, thank you. And uh, before we uh, continue, I just want to mention to our listeners that we are taking calls this morning. If you'd like to join us for our conversation, if you'd like to ask any questions of our guests, you can give us a call, 907-235-7721. Uh, Simon is standing by on the phones to take that call and send you in to us. Uh, you can also email your question to me josh at kbbi.org, and we're looking forward to having you uh, join us in the discussion. Uh, Jarena, go ahead. Awesome. Thanks so much for mentioning intersectionality, Winter, because that's a great prompt of two things. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention my pronouns as a part of my introduction. So I go by she, her, or they. Uh, any is fine. And um, my intersectionality of where I come from is I label myself as a queer, neurodivergent mother who is white. 
And, How about you? And I am, I would say that I'm she, her, and Ella, and that I am a heterosexual woman who supports um, the, so let me get, let me go back. Just besides being heterosexual, I am black, I am indigenous, I am a Mexican um, descendant um, from Michoacan. So my background is very mixed. I have an experience of not necessarily being recognized wholly within any of those communities because of the fact that I am mixed. Um, and then when we talk about um, how we want to align ourselves within our, our what happens behind closed doors, whether we're bisexual or homosexual or transgender or what have you, and however that presents itself in multiple spaces. Um, I am proudly heterosexual, but I definitely support everybody and how they present themselves in spaces because that's what Creator calls us to do. Creator mm -hmm. calls us to love everyone as He creates yes. them. Awesome. Yeah, and just for those who maybe don't know what intersectionality is, so intersectionality speaks to the interconnectedness nature of social categorizations, such as race, class, gender, and how they apply to the given individual or group, regarded um, as creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. So each of us come from a different space in that, and what we try to do here in Homer is to create spaces where all of those intersections are welcome. You don't have to be gay to come to our events. You don't have to be anything other than open to love, kindness, unity, and interested in diversity and tolerance, acceptance, things like that. Learning about your community, breaking down biases, um, better understanding of each other so that we can all live and thrive together, right? Yes. We all want to thrive. Um, everybody who wants to talk about wellness and um, holistic living, um, that means collective thriving. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, tell me about how uh, the organization of Homer Pride came together, and uh, how long how long has Homer Pride been a thing? Thanks. So, in 2017, I believe it was, that um, Kachemak Bay Family Planning got some funding, some grants that were to help try and get uh, LGBTQ uh, processes out in the open. And so in 2018, so I moved here in 2017, and I had seen an article in, in um, the Homer News, and I was like, yes, I know that this is what I'm meant to do with my life. And I was just like kind of suddenly surprised at you know, that age, because what, I'm 44 now. So to be like, finally, I found my purpose. <laughs> and so I was working with Katrana at uh, KBFC, what, KBFPC? And um, she had started, a group pride event, like um, planning group. And so there was a few of us working at Cirque Therapy and we all went to the first meeting that year and helped at the very last minute of um, that year's celebration, which would have been 2018. And then from then on, it kind of came into more of a group building piece from that. So there's me, Lindsay and Josephine who were working at Cirque at that time who are still now a part of what Homer Pride is now today. And since then, we've be, been able to become a 501c3. So we are recognized in every fashion, and we just keep growing and building how much better we can each show up and how much more we can try and include. You know, like Now we're trying to add in um, people of all abilities and making sure that that is a part of our conversation for in inclusion and not just um, gender diversity. 
and sexuality. So I actually learned about Homer Pride when I organized the um, End White Silence campaign here, and we had nine days of protest after the murder of George Floyd. And it was actually Homer Pride members who came and stood alongside in solidarity to help me to continue to organize those nine events of solidarity. Um, and we then did community conversations talking about um, social injustices and the history of systemic racism, uh, the history of slavery, the manner in which the George Floyd was publicly lynched. Um, we, and, and, but it was this intersectionality is what, we, is what identified there. We all collectively as a community saw something horrific happen and then wanted to find a way to stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters who were offended and appalled by this behavior, who then see how this continued oppression is layered within all of these other aspects of identity, whether you are indigenous, whether you are Mexican, whether you're a dreamer, whether you're um, home, a, yeah, whether, whether you're a, um, oh my goodness. I don't wanna say whether, whether you're, um, Multi-gendered. I think that's what the, what I'm wanting to talk about. I'm wanting one of the right word because I. It's such a big umbrella, and as I as I've learned about it, there's so many different ways that somebody can identify, and I can say something, and I can miss somebody, and then I'm continuing that that oppressive cycle because then they don't feel seen, right? So how right. do I use the most inclusive language, you know, in order to really acknowledge the intersectionality that we are trying to educate other people about? But it really is about breaking down our own internal journeys and biases and the manner in which we talk and so that we are constantly self-analyzing and being reflective so that we can continue to grow. Because if, if I learned all these things and then I continue to behave in the manner in which I knew prior, then I really haven't done any acknowledgement. I haven't done any growth. Right, that personal work is so important to these conversations for sure. And inclusivity is, is, is difficult, it's a challenge, and it's a challenge to break out of mindsets that you've held, held for most likely your entire life. That. Um, and uh, being able to recognize differences, being able to acknowledge differences, not just recognize, but acknowledge and uh, 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 see the value in, in all people around you and not just uh, work from a, a very self-centered perspective. Uh, a very big challenge, and I'd say that's why we're here. Um, so uh, let's talk really quickly about the events coming up next week, and then let's get into a, uh, a more in-depth conversation about why these events exist. So uh, let's let's talk about the events coming up next week. And uh, so we have our combined um, Juneteenth and Homer celebration, and we have combined these events because we have seen that until the holistic history is recognized of the oppression of black society and um, black ancestors, then we really don't recognize that the fact that it was a black trans woman who started pride, right? So we can't recognize one part of her personality and totality and not recognize another facet of who she was. Um, it is important that we have a collective conversation because June Juneteenth is incredibly incredibly important. It's now a federally recognized holiday. Um, it would be great if we could get more institutions and schools and things like that to recognize it so that maybe we could all celebrate and learn more about that history. Um, but it's also, it's a totalitarian, like, uh, um, not totalitarian, it's a, it's a, it's a such a spectrum of history that includes the misinformation 
that was represented with those individuals in Galveston who didn't know that they were free for almost three years. Just like we have a misrepresentation of information of why one event is branded one way and one event is branded another way, when really you're not recognizing the intersectionality of the people who attend those events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then we have like we have so our combine celebration. We have there. Um, we are still in the works of putting together. I believe a. Um, Juneteenth history celebration on Thursday evening. There is looking to be a Friday night um, dinner plate gathering at WFLK Park, and then Saturday we'll have our walk and our big showcase. We have some um, performers that are coming, and we have mm -hmm. a DJ, and we have um, history celebration, and we have why Juneteenth is important to me, and what I've learned about Juneteenth, and why pride is important to me, and what I've learned about pride, and um, where intersectionality shows up in my life, opportunities for individuals to share, and leaders who have been planning the event to then share those perspectives, just to continue in that shared knowledge of this is where I was before, and this is what I've learned now, and this is how I continue to move forward. Um, how can you do that for yourself? Thank you. Um, so, and just to clarify for our listeners, uh, when you say next uh, Thursday, we're talking about next Thursday, uh, starting on the the fifteenth. Yes, uh, is When the events start, uh, going through uh, going through Sunday or going through Monday the nineteenth. Going through Sunday, I believe. I think Monday the nineteenth. There's like, um, it'll be other people celebrating in their own ways on that on that official day. Very good. Um, let's see. Any more about the events, or would you like to? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's hear more. So. Um, our our first event actually is going to be this. Oh, I forgot about the week, the whole week of Pride beforehand. <laughs> My bad. I, I, was, I was highlighting the Juneteenth stuff. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry. And that's why we're both here, so that we can speak to the pieces, because we, we are a team. We work together, but we all navigate a little bit on our own as well, so definitely. that there is time, because we can't always meet. Yes, there's definitely and some <laughs> cross-collaboration in all of it. So uh, Saturday, June 10th, this, so this weekend, we're going to be at Grace Ridge during the pop-up market just to have a booth to kind of, you know, share flyers, have conversations. Just if, if you didn't get a chance to call in today because you're at work and you're just listening, you know, feel free to stop by and um, get, get involved, get connected. That's what we're here to do is help bridge all of those gaps and connect people in community. And then on Thursday, June 15th, we'll be at Grace Ridge. We're going to do a uh, fire, games, and food event. So we'll be outside um, having a fire, and Pika Pika Bento will be there. Mm -hmm. We're going to play some yard games and just kind of hang out. And then on Friday, we're Bring also... Bring your cornhole skills. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> on uh, Friday the 16th, we'll be at Homer Brewery doing um, bingo. Maybe multiple forms of bingo. Mm -hmm, I, I mean, I guess you'll have to come and find out. Mm -hmm. But uh, And then Saturday morning, if we get some interest, there might be like a yoga class before our walk. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> as brand new as up to this morning. And um, then we'll have some yoga during the event at WKFL. But we're going to meet for our community walk at the Herc at 1130. We'll start walking to WKFL and do our little fun march and community walk. And then... Our liberation celebration is at WKFL until 5 p.m. We'll have um, education, fun, and booths, and food, music. Like um, Winter was saying, we have a DJ this year. And I'm also trying to highlight that I'm in the midst of solidifying a sensory safe hour. So I'm trying to create a space where people who, like, 
my family is full of neurodivergent people who have sensory issues. We've had some people in the community reach out that are like, hey, what about the pride system through like um, uh, South Peninsula Hospital Center? Yes. You know, like, how can we create space for those people to come and hang out? And I was like, well, what do you need? Look, like, let's try and fill that need. What and does one that look of like? the pieces is like sound and the groups, and you can't control like people's cheering and excitement. So how can we plan a space that is dedicated to just some down chill time where they can come out and check things out and feel welcome. We will have mobility mats as well. Unfortunately, they don't go all the way around the park yet. We have tried to secure funding for that, but it sounds like uh, the city of Homer is actually trying to work on it. So we're I doing our best to cross include. work though, right? Like how our city is coming together to then meet a need for that demographic of people that we know. We want them to be able to access these green spaces. There's that initiative, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I just love that collective piece here because that, that this goes back to that intersectionality. We already have done that, and now the city has been going and saying, oh, we can build on this, right? Yeah, totally. Excellent. Yeah, I love I love how inclusive our community is. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that makes Homer a very special place because uh, the acknowledgement uh, of uh, diversity in general um, to be able to accept uh, everybody who's here—that's uh, that's something that uh, the, the the community is is relatively strong on. Uh, of course, there's always work to be done, uh, but we've got we—I'd say we've got a leg up on on a lot of communities, and that's a that's a very positive thing. Um, let's change the conversation really quick. Let's talk about the why of pride. Why why does it exist? Mm. And just over 50 years ago, there was no such thing. In fact, uh, it was criminal in a lot of cases uh, to to come out to be acknowledged. And uh, things sure have changed a lot in the last 50 years. And yes, we have a lot of work to do. But uh, tell me a little bit about uh, the origins uh, of this movement and uh, how it came to be. Yeah, like um, Winter mentioned earlier that Marsha P. Johnson started a riot. And that riot happened in um, <clears throat> West Village. It was at a gay bar in um, at the Stonewall Inn. So there's a big celebration, um, what, two years ago that mm -hmm. we did, the 50th mm -hmm. year of Pride. And that was our theme that year. I want to say that was 2019. And um, we had lots of conversations. Stonewall, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Trying to Stonewall. trying to say, look, it's been 50 years. Here we are since that first riot, who again was started by a black trans woman. They were just done t done being attacked by the raided by the police and trying to stand up and say, look, it's okay that I exist. Adrena, can I ask you a question? Because uh, uh, I learned uh, over the course of my uh, educating myself for this show this morning uh, that uh, the the phrase riot is no longer really considered the uh, the the right way to, to reference this, and that uh, I've seen uh, insurrection as Ooh. maybe the uh, the more appropriate phrase. That it was not a riot; it was not people rioting for the sake of uh, um, just causing havoc. Right. Uh, they were defending themselves. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. I really appreciate you bringing that up and being able to make that known, and so that I can learn and grow. Because that's why I'm here. And it really was an insurrection because those people were just. It would just be like us here at Alice's, hanging out, having some drinks, enjoying some good music, and then the police showing up and saying, you guys can't be here just because of who you are. Like, we, if, if that were to happen now in Homer, I think we would all flip out, right? <laughs> and that's kind of what happened, is that they all, you know, they all stood up for themselves and they defended the fact that we are who we are and we should, it should be okay to be who we are. Our, um, it's, 
it's not like our, our our constitution doesn't say we the people, right? You know, so where is that really in the inclusive practices of what it is to exist within our communities, within our societies? Mm -hmm. um, the the Stonewall. When I learned about Stonewall, what stood out to me is how there was the same onlooking of bystanders who some chose to partake and they chose to stand up for somebody so that they could be seen and be safe and participate. And then there were those who said that you didn't belong. And we still have that happening now. And, and 50 years later, just like with um, the Civil Rights Act in some regards, you know, in 1965 and not being passed, and where are we at really in the progression of acknowledgement and rights and the ending of oppression. We look at the new legislation that has happened in the last three or four years, and especially the last 18 months, has been extremely aggressive, targeting this specific demographic. Our LGBTQ plus AI um, identified individuals within our community should be just as valued as anybody else, as anybody else, whether you're talking about somebody who's deaf or blind or um, a cognitive impairment or a traumatic brain injury or a paraplegic or um, the indigenous farm worker who's picking your lettuce for it to be in the grocery store, right? Like we all have contributing value to our society and we need to recognize that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, that actually uh, lends itself nicely to another segue here to uh, uh, talk about the, the current challenges uh, facing, I mean, so and this is a broader conversation than just specifically LGBTQ plus pride. Uh, let's include Juneteenth and other uh, uh, racial and other minorities. Um, there are many, many challenges that many people face and uh, establishing the concept of uh, humans deserve human rights in general um, <laughs> and not to be excluded from anything just because of who they are, where they came from, what they look like, uh, how they how they grew up. I, there's so many different reasons that people get excluded from from society in general. Uh, what are some of those challenges that people are currently facing, and uh, what are some of the uh, uh, some of the recourses? So, Winter, you mentioned that there's some legislation that uh, seems to be. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it seems to be a perpetual thing these days. That we're hearing of another state legislature pushing pushing for. Uh, uh, restrictions on uh, transgender girls in uh, in women's sports, um, pushing for uh, gosh, rent control and all sorts of rent you know, control, the mediation of books and literature, mm -hmm. the um, medical care, like mm -hmm. the basic medical care. Um, and, and I'm not a biologist, but I am an educator, and I have taken biology, and I do understand that there is a spectrum of identified genders naturally occurring in science. Like, so what makes us think that the human genome is much different? <laughs> right. Well, and, and because of the, the, the variety, uh, as you said, the spectrum of humanity, um, that uh, looking at things in, the, in, a, in a binary fashion, just, it doesn't really serve a purpose except for here's where you start. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, keep learning. Yes. There is more to learn. And the more you learn, the more you learn that there is more to learn. Exactly. <laughs> and when you stop learning or when you think that you've learned it all, you need to reevaluate that as well, right? Because you've never 
It's not a destination that you arrive at. It's a journey that you continue to take down that process of, of I have learned this and how has that changed? Is that still consistent? Is there new theory of practice? Is there, and as an educator, if I didn't evaluate my practices from year to year to year to year, especially working with the demographic that I work at, I work with intensive needs students, there is a huge spectrum of need there and the practices and the evidence and the research changes freaking quarterly, to be perfectly honest with you. There is new research that is put out quarterly for the students then which I serve. So how do I become the best person and the best provider in this area, especially being the, the high school that everybody gets funneled into, to provide the best services? I have to do my work. I have to continue to, to be present in the research, to be present in the conversations, um, to attend the professional development on the thing that you know, that maybe I don't understand, but I'm gonna have that, that student's gonna wind up in my classroom, so I'm gonna need to know, right? Yep. Totally. Which just like, those people exist in our community, right? So we need to know, right? <laughs> We're not in that much of a bubble. My school is a microcosm of my community. So if I'm not alert in that manner, besides being an educator, as just being a citizen, then I need to know and recognize that how do I operate with other people, with other personalities, with other needs, um, with other physical presentations, mm -hmm. period. Yeah, and I think that's a great piece of, uh, it's kind of like this theory that I've had about reflections in that, um, so my journey recently in probably the last 10 years has been around a lot of um, you know, education around pro not just pride, but like trans rights. I have children who that identify as gender diverse. So opening up pieces of what mental health and um, having an identity that doesn't match with where society registers you at. And similarly, in the mental health capacity of those of us who uh, identify as having anxiety or depression or you know, some other piece of interaction that doesn't fit, even neurodivergence, that you know, my existence doesn't fit with societal norms. So there are things that you know, my, me and my family need to go into public. And for me recently, anxiety has been a huge piece of that and trying to get out and deal with people and navigate, even just going to the grocery store. And then within the last um, six or eight months or so, I had a surgery that I haven't really recovered from, so I'm using a mobility cart when I go to Safeway to do my shopping because I cannot walk that long. So that brings in this new intersectionality of how I'm experiencing life in our wider community. And when you're um, this person dependent on other people's space, you'd like how the right away, like nobody's been taught how to interact in this format of like, wait, so if I have wheels and I have brakes, do I stop or do you stop because I'm lower than you and I'm seated, like, and you see this big giant thing and I'm bigger than you. And then I've had to, you know, make some complaints at Safeway about like, these aisles are not navigatable and they're like, oh, corporate's in charge of that. And I was like, who am I writing the letter to? You know, to try and say, we it. need space in our community for all of these identities, for everyone to feel like they are allowed to exist. Well, and that comes back to acknowledgement uh, of, of people that are, uh, as you said, not uh, quote unquote normal. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that normal is so much beyond a, a, a stereotypical viewpoint. 
And uh, you need to not just accept and acknowledge, but actually accommodate for people that are not following the, uh, the same set of uh, rules or beliefs that you are uh, 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 adhering to. Accommodate um, and plan for, yes. right? Like yes. you have to actively forwardly plan for that. And I, I, love, I love that you're being so candid and sharing that testimony because invisible disabilities are hard to deal with. But when you have... When you're an individual who then experiences a new disability who may not be a temporary disability and it becomes a whole new way of evaluating your life and how you can navigate it and what's accessible and what isn't accessible and who's available to help you and who isn't available to help you that you thought was available to help you. Totally. It, it, is, it is incredibly hard, which still aligns with the fact of like, if I'm an individual who is neurodivergent or gender divergent, where are the resources for help? Where are my safe people to interact with? As a BIPOC person, you know, who's black indigenous person of color, um, where is my safe community, right? And like, and I have found my safe community with allies and with other community members, but it took some searching, right? Because mm -hmm. there's Homer is. Homer is diverse and Homer is not diverse in a lot of different ways. Homer is diverse in the skills and the abilities and the talents of the people. Um, when, we took, when we look at nationality demographics of diversity, we are not that diverse. Um, mm -hmm. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's all right. It's, Homer's still beautiful. I love still being here. And as, and as more people come and fluctuate, I see more color coming. Mm -hmm. I see more color coming. Um, and our... And our Alaska Native connection, we have villages and we have Russian villages that are right here, like right, right, literally like right here within reach, like 20 miles up the road kind of thing. But I sometimes see a disconnect between the proximity that is really here, which is why I always wanted to be so intentional about the land acknowledgement that I started with, because we are on the tribal lands of the Nanilchuk village tribe, and this is the Supiak and Dena Aina lands. And the manner in which we love to subsistence and go out and go fish comes from them, mm -hmm. right? Which is that intersectionality that we again we recognize as a whole community. The community of Homer loves to do those things. The community of Homer loves to come together and share music and share stories, um, share a good time and share a laugh. So you need to come join us at our Juneteenth Homer Pride event uh, Saturday. The, what is it? Night? The seventeenth. The seventeenth. Yep. So, and we're still looking for um, if you have if you're a, an epic storyteller or you used to go to um, Alice's and do the talent show. What was it called? Spectacles mm -hmm. or something? Back before COVID. Like, please come come share your talent with us on our stage. You're gonna have a group of people there just fascinated to hear your story, see your talent. We still have space. You can go to our website at www.homerakpride.com and you can fill out a volunteer application, a performer application. Vendors. Yeah, we still have a space for a couple more vendors. If that's what you're into and you want to sell some items or some food, we could, we could really use some food vendors. That would be wonderful. Um, but again, without everyone like showing up and being a part of this event, it doesn't happen for anyone else. And honestly, there's, what, six of us? There's six of, I think there's six of us. You know, that's a, a lot to, to try and navigate the whole event with. There are six of us that for the last five years have planned an event that has fluctuated from 250 to almost 500 people attending. So 
Homer has the ability to show up. Our community has the ability to show up, and we're inviting you to do so. If you want to come and participate as a spectator, we'd welcome you to do so. If you have a business or a talent that you would like to share, we, we would welcome you to do so. If you are a black community member or a member of black ancestorship, we invite you to come and be a part of this safe space. Um, we all do better when we have people that we identify with as collectively safe people, because then we know that we're able to um, be supported and to be seen and to be loved, and that allows us to thrive. Mm -hmm. And the Homer of community, we are thriving. We mm -hmm. are beautiful, we are thriving, even with this gloomy weather that we got, because <laughs> spring is definitely drenching us out, we're gonna be, you know, but summer's right around the corner. That, that solstice is coming, and We've got beautiful things to celebrate in the month of June. Come join us. Winter, that's a, that's a great statement. I'm going to uh, pause us for uh, just a moment there so we can take a, a quick breather, and uh, we'll come back. And uh, uh, you touched on something that I want to come back to, which was uh, resources. Um, I'd like to make sure that we mention that, and then we'll uh, come back and continue to talk about the, uh, the events here in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, you are tuned into the coffee table on KBBI Homer AM 890 and on translator K201AO 88.1 FM Seward. My name is Josh Crone. I'm your host this morning. If you'd like to join our uh, discussion, give us a call, 907-235-7721. Jimmy is standing by to take that call. Uh, you can also email me, josh, at kbbi.org, and I'll take that question and read it on the air for you. We will be right back. My guests are Jarena Reed and Winter Marshall Allen, and they are representatives of Homer Pride uh, and Juneteenth. And thank you so much for being here. We will be right back.
Good morning. You're tuned into KBBI Homer AM 890 and in Seward on 88.1 FM. This is the Coffee Table broadcasting live from the Gary Thomas Studio. I'm Josh Crone. Thanks for joining me this morning for our discussion. We are uh, we have guests in the studio from Homer Pride and Juneteenth, Jarena Reed and Winter Marshall Allen. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Uh, if you would like to join our conversation, you may do so by calling 907-235-7721. You can also email me by emailing josh at kbbi.com kbbi.org and let's get right back into the discussion before we took a break there we were talking about uh, available resources for people to have access to um, one of the challenges of uh, uh, one, of, one of the challenges people are facing is uh, where do you get support where uh, where do you get the medical care uh, mental health care uh, financial support if you need it. Uh, how do you find housing if you're finding uh, housing to be a challenging thing? Uh, what resources do we have locally? Oh, okay, well, I'm gonna go backwards there. So yes. starting with the housing, we do have um, the Center for Independent Living and they have fabulous resources there. Uh, Dean and Miss Joy are fabulous individuals over there. Um, if you're looking for a community rec that's inclusive, I would say all trails. Michael is fabulous with organizing um, trail trips and um, I think they even have some across the bay um, fishing, and I think there's a tide pulling trip that they have planned this summer. Um, his monthly calendar is amazing and incredibly accessible. Um, in regards to other recreation um, and inclusive activities, uh, Homer Special Olympics is definitely um, back in the swing of things. They are just completing their track um, season, and I think they're getting ready to start bocce. Um, and then when we're talking about intersectionality resources, um, Ms. Jarena has a more complete list besides choosing our routes. Um, will you help me with that, please? Totally. So um, starting with choosing our routes. So ch choosing our routes is a nonprofit that helps families that have LGBTQ youth whom maybe their, their parents aren't accepting them for who they are, and they will help place them into foster care here locally so that they can stay in their same school, give them some opportunity to um, heal because mental health is a huge piece of the story for trans youth by um, being subjected to um, as much judgment and now legislation that's trying to control who they can be and who they can become and whether they have the right to exist or not um, that leads to a lot of um, uh, discourse in the family unit and so sometimes choosing our roots is the best option to give the family a break and you know get a chance to um, find ways of acceptance and tolerance and working together for that. Um, I know that the center in the past has offered LGBTQ um, support groups. I don't know if they have one running right now. Um, so they do mental health and they have some case managers there that can also help with housing and other uh, Things you might be... Vocational assistance. Yeah, yeah it's there. It's, there right, it's vocational assistance. And then there's always um, Kachemak Family Planning Clinic. They have a lot of um, programs. They also offer the rec room. So for youth, it's a place where they get to go and they can be themselves, even if they can't do that at home. And that's a great resource for... They've actually got a comic book clinic that's coming up oh, here at the rec center. Um, Sierra has done a great job planning and... Um, that team over there is just absolutely fabulous, and they are very much youth-centered, youth-oriented. Um, I believe the gardening beds are going right mm, now. Yeah, there, there's quite a bit of ways for youth to be able to tap in um, if that's the space that they're looking for. 
Yeah, that's definitely one of the most welcoming places when we first moved here that my children were both teenagers at the time to be able to engage and just find other people like you. And they do a, a weekly LGBTQ support group there as well. Um, I think... With That's regard right. to Juneteenth resources, we mm -hmm. have the Alaska Black Caucus and we have Anchorage Juneteenth. There isn't really a um, organization or affiliation that Homer Pride has with any specific organization for organizing Juneteenth. Um, that came from the acknowledgement of um, history and alignment of needs and narratives and, and wanting to remove how systemic oppression um, shows up in different places without having a common knowledge of where um, the resistance comes from, like wh what is what what is the freedom that we are seeking, and where did that original call for freedom come from? Mm -hmm. Well, we have a caller on the line. Uh, oh, let's go ahead exciting. and uh, take uh, take this call. Candy, can you hear us? Yes, I can, and thank you for your show today. And I just wanted to share um, some feelings that you know that pride is more than just a parade for a lot of people. It's that sense of having a place of belonging in your community, being able to access and live and work and have health care and feel safe. But I also wanted to share that this year we there was a um, House Bill 99 in front of the legislature that got as far as the Judiciary Committee and did not get out of committee and that was the anti-discrimination bill. And I think it's very important that we all pay attention to that bill because it will be probably coming back and it needs a lot of support from our community, not only the pride community, but all the rest of us that care about anti-discrimination. And that bill is HB 99, and I encourage everyone to look into that and also to um, contact our representatives, um, our um, representative here, and as well as our senator. Um, and I just wanted to share that with you. So, and thank you so much for your show. I really appreciate you sharing that House Bill 99, and I will definitely um, have no problem reaching out to Sarah Vance or our local senator here. Um, because it had a lot of support, it, and it would have passed had it gotten out of committee, I truly believe, because there was a lot of support with the Senate. It just didn't get out of the Judiciary Committee, I believe, and I think um, there should be some follow-up on that, because it's a critical bill, and everyone should be concerned about um, no one being discriminated against. That's right. I would much rather be praised for the people that I include than included for the people that I exclude. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Well, Candy, thank you so much for your call. And if you'd like to join our call, there is still time. You can give us a call, 907-235-7721. You can also email me, josh at kbbi.org, and we can take your question and read it on air. We have about 15 minutes left in the program here, so... Uh, Gosh, we are just flying through things, and we still have so much ground to cover still, so I'm not quite sure where to, where to go here to keep the conversation flowing smoothly. But let's, uh, let's go back to, let's see, were we finished with our resources discussion? Did we get through all of that? I think we named most of the ones that are local and available to us with here within um, you know, about a 45-mile radius. I mean, I guess one last thing to note is that you can go and get a, a sh like a paperwork sheet of community resources, both at the job bank 
and I know there's somewhere else, but my brain is, maybe it's the hospital that usually just have them out front and it talks about all of the other resources in town locally with phone numbers. That way you, if you're in need, there's ways to reach out and get connected. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's jump back into the uh, events coming up here uh, in the coming week. Um, and I just want to mention your website again, homeraKpride.com, for people wanting to get information directly from you. Uh, there is contact information for you there. Uh, there's information on all of the events, so you can uh, inform yourself, find out what's going on, and find out which events you'll be attending. Um, so... Uh, so I'm yeah, excited about the DJ. I'm really, really excited about the <laughs> DJ. I'm, I'm excited to see what the playlist is going to be like. Um, there's going to be some group dancing, you know, so get your Cupid shuffle ready. Let's go, you know. Um, I just, I think that that is one of the coolest ways to see everybody coming together is when the jams are going and everybody's kind of bebopping around and just having a good time and you see the little small conversations happening. Music is such a beautiful unifier, so I'm super, super excited about the DJ. Um, tell us more about some of the other performers though, that we have. Sure, so we're gonna have um, Robin Sparkles come back to host again this yes. year, which is always really fun for me personally. There, uh, We used to be roommates when we lived in Anchorage, and so I got to um, help them get ready for many event. And um, they are so much flavor, so much flavor. Oh my goodness, y'all better be ready for some jokes. Yeah, all the it's quick wits. Oh my goodness, such. And quick uh, we have um, a couple of people who want to sing specifically. So I'm excited. We've never had that before. No, we've never had live singers before. Yeah. We've, had, we've had other live instrumentals play, other yeah. live bands play, but we've never had live vocalists. Yeah. That is fabulous. Yeah. So who are, who's who's going to grace us with their voice? Let's do some little promoting mm. for them. Can we? I know that one of them is. Let me see if I can pull up the form with the names. While in that, that I pull that up. And, and so we're, we're talking about performers that are going to be at uh, WKFL Park on yes. uh, Saturday the 17th. Thank yeah, you. yeah, so. they'll be there in the gazebo performing. And, oh, let me give a shout-out to Homer Bubbles, because Homer Bubbles Yay. is going to be making our balloon walls. So, like, you know, when those singers are going and everybody wants to have their selfie spots, we have a progressive pride flag, and we will have a pan-African flag that you'll be able to stand by for that selfie shot. Um, you know, Homer Bubbles is where you're going to go to get all of your party supplies here in town. She's fabulous. <laughs> um, so uh, on the 17th, uh, things start off with a uh, procession. And Jarena, uh, uh, you told me the, the formal name for the event on Saturday, and it just, it's a little long. I can't quite recall it sure. all off the top of my head. Can you run that by us again? It's Juneteenth and... Uh, Homer Pride's Liberation Celebration. There we go. There it is. Yeah. Uh, so it Without starts us, off with there a, is no them. Yeah, yeah and that's our theme this year. Without us, there is no them, which comes from something that Marsha P. Johnson said, who we were speaking about earlier. No pride for some of us without liberation for all of us. And that's part of why we call it our Liberation Celebration as well. Yeah, which reminds me of like... Um, as a union thug, I'm definitely a union thug. As an educator, I'm part of our KPEA association. And we always say a harm against one is a harm against all. Mm -hmm. And I love the, um, again, how that intersectionality of theme of we're not going to let one person be oppressed in the liberation or the freedom of another person. That's excellent. That's so, a great attitude. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, uh, something about the um, looking through my phone to be able to look at our form that we have performers show up, it's not showing me like responses. It only lets me see 
like that I can sign up myself, yeah. <laughs> even in my drive. So I'm not sure. Um, oh, and I don't want to um, mispronounce. mispronounce names. I know that we have two drag, three drag performers. Dr. Feelgood is coming from Anchorage to come and perform, and he does a drag king. So, um, presentator. Ooh, a drag. Fun. We've never had one of those That is a flip presentation, and they are so cool. Like, it's it's a very different show than what you think of as a drag queen presentation of a drag queen show. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be, this is going to be a home retreat. (laughs) Home retreat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, oh, oh, but he's not, well, he's not performing at this event, but he is performing this weekend. Ah, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think that, that it's wrong to to mention. Oh, yeah. Well, well our ahead. lovely local it. foul is uh, uh, Ivana Donis is going to be performing at um, at the Meadery. You know, so you can c- check out a show this Sunday, which will also be parting of kicking off that whole week of pride. Right. So June 11th at Odin's Meadery. There's tickets available online. You can check out a drag brunch show if you're into that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, okay, we are down to the last uh, seven or eight minutes here, and oh, time man. is just flying. So let's. Josh, just, this has been so fabulous. I this am so grateful that you were both able to come on the show this morning. This has been a great conversation. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. much. So let's uh, let's just do a, a walkthrough of all the events. So we started. There's the event on the 11th uh, mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah. So, so the 11th, and then okay, that's Sunday, and mm-hmm. then what happens Monday? So before that, actually, Saturday, June 10th, oh. we're at Grace Ridge for the pop-up market. Then Sunday okay, Saturday, morning. Saturday, say Saturday Grace Ridge pop-up market. Yep. Say, go check out the vendors. Come by and say hi to us. Yes. And then Sunday is? Sunday is the meadery. The Odin meadery. Odin's meadery. And, and that's a, a, a brunch show, right? Yes. It's for brunch. Ooh. And then Thursday the 15th, we're again at Grace Ridge with Pika Pika Bento doing fire and games. That's right. Bring your cornhole skills. Can, can, can you tell me a pika pika bento? Uh, can you explain that for me? I wish I could, but all, <laughs> all I can think about is Pokemon, and I go, pika pika. I just get so excited, and uh, my children are obviously like, okay, so I was also kind of into they're Pokemon. They're fusion food. They're fusion food. I've, I've never f- eaten uh, And they're really good, and they have a beautiful Airstream that's been converted. Yeah. Um, and... Um, they're just, oh, they got They were got, very sweet when I talked to them and found out that they were going to be the, the vendor that was going to be there the night that we were hosting, and they were very excited to be a part of our event. Excellent. They're Beyond yummy. that, I don't even know what they serve. All right. Well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll find, it'll be a well, good They're surprise. yummy, and I've had their food, and it is like a fusion food. So oh, yummy. awesome. So moving on to uh, Friday then. But you have something on Thursday. Oh, Thursday, oh, Thursday, yeah. Thursday. So Thursday, there's in the works of a Juneteenth, um, kind of like a Juneteenth kickoff history event. Um Jasmine Smith out of Anchorage, uh, Juneteenth, that's helping me to put that together. Those details will be coming out um, as it develops. Um, Then Friday evening, we're looking for a dinner picnic in the park, um, hoping to provide a a few dinner plates, probably 20, 25 dinner plates, and then inviting um, public um, community members to come and sit on the lawn and have dinner with us and just enjoy some um, traditional blues and jazz music, you know, sharing some of the ancestors. Excellent. That sounds like fun. I realize we didn't mention the time either um, for Grace Ridge. That, in, in case you're not like in the flow of breweries here, like one of them stays open till eight, one of them stays open till seven. So don't try and come late like like you would normally plan to if you want to be a part of these events. So we're doing like a five five to I think it's six to eight at Grace Ridge, and then on Friday at Homer Brewery it's until seven. So it's five to seven. Yep, and or the, bingo there, which is what we're doing. And the evening June tenth, Juneteenth events will start at six. So okay. 
And then our, our biggest part of the celebration is on Saturday. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday the 17th. The 17th, Saturday yeah. Saturday the 17th, yes. We're going to have um, our community walk. We'll meet at 1130 at the Herc. Before that, I think we're going to try and throw in a little bit of early morning yoga, maybe at Bishop's Beach. That way, in case it's raining, that we could have the pavilion. I'm not really sure, but please check out our website because by the end of the day, I should have that be, be able to have that posted. That was just offered this morning, so you're doing a quick turnaround <laughs> there and putting it together. For real. And then our liberation celebration kicks off after everybody has walked from the Herc down until 5 p.m. And that's where we're going to have this stage, the balloons, the um, there's going to be a photo booth. Mm-hmm. That's going down. I'm really excited about that because I get to bring out all my costume stuff. Fun. <laughs> so fun. It's so fun. It's going to be awesome, guys. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Super so, fun. If you're looking for fun things to do, family-friendly events, um, safe community space that, mm-hmm. that you're going to be feeling, that you know you're going to feel welcome, um, please join us. Yeah. Please join us. Come so out and just join the party. The procession on Saturday morning, is that open to everybody? Oh, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Either participate oh, yes. or, or spectate. Oh, Lindsay Come. ordered us a boombox. So that we could uh, have a wagon. We have a wagon. So that I don't and a have to box. drive down the street yes. with the music. Yeah, it's going to be look, great. We're progressing. We are so progressing. <laughs> I know. We're moving Love on it. up in this world. Love it. And I mean, really, just as a closing, I want to make sure and invite everyone. I, I, please, like, we invite you to join us. This, this important journey, it's for a more equitable, inclusive society. Your voice, your support, your present matters. It matters to everyone. It matters to us. Together, let us build a community that embraces diversity and stands firmly against discrimination by offering love, like absolute, unconditional love. That way, we can all celebrate together in unity. Definitely. Because, you know, when we all come together, amazing things happen. Just amazing things happen. So. So unfortunately, we have just about run out of time here, and I want to make sure we get back to reintroducing you and going over some contact information with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Jarena, can you introduce yourself again first? Sure. My name is Jarena Reed. I use she, her pronouns. I'm with Homer Pride. You can reach us. Is that what you want me to do, too? Mm-hmm. You can reach us at homerakpride.com, or we do have a Facebook it's under Homer Pride, or you can use the at symbol Pride99603. Our email is also homerpride99603 at gmail. Yes, and my name is Winter Marshall Allen, and I she, her, Ella pronouns, and I am a member of Homer Pride, and I'm also the owner of the Homer Organization for More Equitable Relations, homerorgforequity.com. If you have any questions or concerns or um, looking for other resources, happy to help. Just drop me an email. Great. Thank you so much for, for uh, joining me on the program this morning. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, it's been informative, and uh, I hope our listeners have uh, taken some good information and uh, uh, will come out and support the events this week. It uh, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's great to see everybody out uh, coming together and uh, celebrating diversity and uh, everybody's values. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know this can be a, a challenging thing to present uh, to present yourselves in public, so I appreciate your bravery for that. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. We'll be out there uh, waving from the street, I believe, awesome. on Saturday morning. So Great, thank you so much, Josh. It was a real pleasure to be here with you. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for the time and the opportunity. Thank you. And uh, one more one more time on the website, homerakpride.com is mm-hmm. the place to go for all of the information on the events coming up over the next several weeks. Uh, go there, find that information, get involved, and have fun.
meet people, grow, become better humans. Yes. Well, you are tuned into KBBI Homer AM 890 and in Seward on 88.1 FM. I'm Josh Crone. You've been listening to The Coffee Table here on KBBI. Thank you for joining us. This program should be up on air later on this afternoon, and if you'd like to listen to it again, you can continue to send me comments. Uh, We may try to figure out how to include things into the news here later this week. Thanks for joining us again. Stay tuned for Line 1 Health Connection coming up next.